old enough now not to care if people think I can't. I love getting older. You might lose skin elasticity, but you also lose the amount of fucks you give. It's awesome. So I rang my editor at the Times and told her that I would now like to give up my humorous column in the magazine and move to the op-ed pages, because that's where all the professional political people write, and that I would write only serious political pieces from now on. Because you can't write a column for a glossy magazine where one week you detail how much you hate printers, and then the next, Syria. That's just not one of the careers on offer. And she replied, you massive idiot. Of course you can do both. In fact, you should do both. There's a whole section of people who'll never read the op-ed pages because they don't think politics is for them. But they'll read it if they come across it accidentally in a glossy magazine. Really, it's the only place you should write about politics if you want to reach as many people as possible. I'm going to say it again. You're a massive idiot. So I stayed, and this collection is the result of that conversation. To my great relief, I didn't have to give up the fun, joyous stuff, and so half of what follows is getting drunk with Benedict Cumberbatch, boggling over the rainy, catastrophic Queen's Jubilee, hangovers, cystitis and being quite angry about the utter betraying motherfuck properties of printers. It's reviewing documentaries about David Bowie and falling in love with him all over again, and sharing all my hard-won advice about dealing with people on the 5-2 diet. And the other half is about the wider world, which starts to feel far less abstract and closer and more pressing as you get older. Syria, Abortion, welfare, rape, the death of Margaret Thatcher, FGM, sex work, renewable energy, ironic bigotry, boarding schools, refugees, austerity and inequality. The things which shape the outside world, which seem distant, merely issues, but which at any minute can come into your house or that of those you love and blow all their plans away. The stuff we think we can escape when we shut the front door, only to find it has come in through the kitchen window and is sitting on the table, waiting for you. Setting fire to your books and your calendar and your life. And as I collected all these pieces together for this book, I started to see that a lot of what I was saying all seemed to join up a bit. That these things interconnect. Of course they do. Everything in the world is interconnected. The primary point of that Kevin Bacon game was to teach us this. And that my instinct was to start trying to lay these things out in some form of worldview in which I might make suggestions for how I think things might change. Basically, I thought it would be cowardly not to. After 23 years of commenting on things, you're not really just commenting on things anymore. You're starting to suggest alternatives. You're forming a plan. And once you've thought of the word Moranifesto, you know what you have to do. Make a cup of tea, roll up a ciggy, put on David Bowie and play that classic working class game, How I Would Change the World. But alongside this blatant attempt at world domination, this book is a snapshot of where we are now, 16 years into the new century. Why hipsters should be loved. How Lena Dunham's girls changed all the rules of television. How Bacon rules the Western world and why it's a toss-up between the urethra, the legs and the face as to which is the most problematic part of a modern woman's body. I hope you enjoy it. I ate a lot of cheese writing it. Not that I regret this decision at all. If I have any motto in my later years, it is never regret the cheese. Je ne regrette rien. Moranifesto, part one. 
Only a crisis, actual or perceived, produces real change. When that crisis occurs, the actions that are taken depend on the ideas that are lying around. That, I believe, is our basic function, to develop alternatives to existing policies, to keep them alive and available until the politically impossible becomes the politically inevitable. Milton Friedman Oh my God, a change is coming. Can you feel it? Of course a change must come. All the signs are there. We have wealth inequality that has returned to Victorian times. We have 50 million refugees across the world, the most people in transit since the Second World War ended. Depending on where you stand on climate change, with, on the one side, the 97% of scientists who say it's a certainty, or on the other, Donald Trump taking advice from his wig, like the deludo chef with a rat under his hat in Ratatouille, you can't argue with the fact that we're demonstrably running out of lions, fish, glaciers and...